another day of practice. Yay! <laughs> Maybe you have mixed feelings about it, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> so this morning, uh, we're going to experiment with some uh, Brahma Vihara compassion practice. And I resonated with a lot of what Dave said last night uh, when he was talking about the Brahma Viharas. First, I'm glad he's alive. (laughs) And uh, also he pointed out that, you know, wisdom and these heart qualities are the same thing. The heart qualities are within wisdom the heart qualities are wisdom. These are just words that kind of se- tend to separate out what is really one. I, I kind of think of wisdom, there's discerning wisdom that, that clearly sees and recognizes and puts the pieces together. And then there's the emotional part or affect of that wisdom. There is, there is the heart, you know, of wisdom, and these Brahma-viharas are right there. So the more that we cultivate wisdom and wisdom practices, the closer we're getting to our hearts. We're actually training our hearts, as, as Dave put it last night, and vice versa. We can start with cultivating or, or exploring, as I like to say, exploring the Brahma-viharas, <coughs> suggesting the sta- those states to the mind, which is really more like a question, you know. It's like, where is the, my, one of my teachers, Rodney Smith, used to always say, where is the blank in this moment? So like, where is the peace in this moment? Where is the loving kindness, metta, in this moment? And then we sense and see if there is any. <laughs> and it's like a suggestion to the mind, like we did with the gratitude practice. These suggestions can be quite powerful for turning our stubborn, obsessed, habitual minds to the, the heart qualities. And, and in so doing, <clears throat> discovering some deep truths about the nature of things. That there is the, there, these heart qualities are actually suffused. From my point of view, I like what Dave said about Ehipasiko, come and see for yourself. But after you know, 25 years of practice, uh, I found for myself that that the heart, the the heart qualities, the Brahma Viharas, are not personal. They're limitless. So being impersonal is not a bad thing in Buddhism. It's it's the it's limit, un, not unlimited. There's an unlimited amount of compassion, an unlimited amount of metta, and it applies to everyone and everything without exception. And you can feel that. You can rest in that, you know? When, that's where this journey of the Brahma-vihara cultivation leads to, as has been leading to for me. So it's quite worthwhile. <laughs> it's quite worth doing. Like Dave, I also had quite a lot of resistance to these practices early on. And, uh, you know, I just had so much conditioning around the words and the sentimentality of them as I perceived it. 
And I didn't really even know, I don't think, what compassion was. And I had really kind of limited, day daily limited uh, experience of love. It's applied to my direct, you know, the people that I love. And not the people that bother me. <laughs> kind of hard to offer them love, right? That was my view. Like, not you. Um, you're, you're a hassle. You're a problem. I think I will either avoid you or judge you or teach you how you should be. As Saida Utejaniya says, wrong view. His anger arose from wrong view. You're doing that to me? <laughs> wrong view. And he bursts out laughing. And that Burmese monk way, and we're like, what? <laughs> That's how I feel every day. <laughs> no, but he saw through the limits of that view. It's actually, you know, we'll get to we'll get to this in a moment. But I just wanted to say that speaking of Utejaniya, when I was exposed to his teachings, one of the ones that has been really uh, one of my my practice mantras to this day, there's you can either believe in it or practice with it. Really helpful. And then there's this other one, which is um, don't try, don't try to be patient. Investigate impatience. You're nodding. It's like, yeah, duh. Just practice with what's here. The thing that was tripping me up about the, the heart practices was I was trying to achieve some state that they were talking about in these abstract words that didn't mean anything to me, except the Dalai Lama says we should all be compassionate, therefore I guess I should. It like kicks in, it kicks in the should whenever there's a should in there. It's like kicking in that super ego, really unhelpful, comparing mind, taskmaster that serves to do nothing but, but tighten our systems, our body-mind, bring, bring tension in, expectation. I'm not good enough, as Dave said, I think the very first day, this constant sense of failing, failing to meet my idealized where I'm supposed to be. And so why would I want to practice something that makes me feel like that all the time? So to bring the clear comprehension, right view to the practice of the Brahma Viharas can, has really helped me. Saida Utejaniya really helped me with this. He's like, don't try to be compassionate. Practice with whatever's here. If what's here is ill will, you know, like non-compassion, um, dismissiveness, avoidance, or I don't care <laughs> about you, then practice with that. It's not you. I'm going to be talking more about this tonight. It's not you. It's not your fault. It's arising because of conditions, and you can learn about it. These Sometimes these modes of relating to experience, like, I don't care about you. I have enough to care about over here. Like, I don't have room to care about you. This is an assumption that hasn't really been tested, you know, yet something we sort of inherit from the culture and so on in our families. And uh, so we can get to, when we practice with what's here, what we're doing and what's here is not the Brahma Viharas, like the anti-Brahma Viharas. What we're really doing is getting to understand, to know and understand our blocks. 
Dave talked about cultivating the heart, and the way that I think about bhavana, cultivation, in terms of wisdom in the heart, is it's a process of revelation. That's how it seems to be for me. Like that, that big, limitless, compassionate, kind heart is there in all of us already, because it's there in life. And I can say that again, like as a self-realized fact. I just know this to be true from direct experience. And so you can find out for yourself whether it's true. It's an open question, right? But I know this to be true, and so that's why it feels like a process of just releasing everything that's blocking that. Our friend and teacher Mary Stancavage talks about um, developing the unguarded heart. And that's what she means by that. Unguarded because... All the good stuff is when we stop guarding. All the good stuff comes through. So start where you are. Practice with what's here. It's all good. It will get you to that place. If you practice with the wise understanding, it's like, oh, I mean, you could, I don't know, it's kind of hard, but you could even get kind of delighted about like, oh, anger is here, hatred is here, okay. Let me see what's up with that. <laughs> Because I, you know, somewhere it's like, let me see if Cheryl's right, that this is actually kind of a blockage arising from ignorance or wrong view. Let's let's see. So that's how we're going to approach the compassion practice this morning. Um, you know, it's a, it's as a as a, a reframing as as a wise view practice. Part of the reframing is it just happens naturally, you know. It's like one of the ways, Saida Utejaniya is one of those teachers that doesn't teach the Brahma Vihara practices because he believes, and it's true, that you can find your way in there with a skillful, wise mindfulness practice. You can find your way there. It softens the heart. And uh, that's been my way in to a certain extent, but I find that once my heart was a little softened, then I discovered what compassion actually felt like, that I could start to cultivate it more and turn my, which just means turn your mind toward it, you know. Is there, could there be compassion in this moment? Um, so when we just start to practice with wise mindfulness, with our changing experience moment by moment, has anybody seen any pain in the body? Any difficult emotions? Any rage? Any violence? I mean, my gosh. You start to look, and in here is everything. There is all the range of emotions. Once you start to really see what, um, you know, what is coming up, in your conditioned systems, like I'm going to put it that way, what comes up, the anger, the, the, the very strongly negative experiences and emotions and images and fantasies. I mean, I've never had violent fantasies like I had in sits. It's like, I mean, I would sometimes, when a teacher was teaching me metta practice, <laughs> I would have these horrible, you know, fantasies. <laughs> you know, I won't even go into the details. <laughs> but I was shocked. It's like, oh my gosh. I don't consider myself, a, you know, in any way a violent person. And see, that's the point. These are just temporary arisings in the mind. But sometimes, like, when there's something in our life that really, somebody's really done us wrong, 
And we are really off in those revenge fantasies. And, you know, amazing what we can think of, the horror show that can go on in here. And you're with it, and you're aware of it, and it's, like, very humbling. Compassion naturally arises. It's like, oh, my gosh. This, anything is, greed, hatred, and delusion is definitely possible and happening a lot in here. And... So, and it also is not defining me. It's like you're starting to see them, these states kind of coming and going, and it's like they aren't staying around. It, if we're able to release the identification part, release the self-judgment of I'm such a bad person. I mean, I'm looking at everyone and everyone, everything and judging it. Critical mm-hmm. mind, critical mm-hmm. mind, golly gosh. You know, I never say that, golly gosh. Well, <laughs> you know, like the, the constant criticism, it's like it can be very debilitating if we're thinking it's telling us who we are. It's, it's not. It's just happening in the moment. But anyway, it's like when we start to see the endemic, habituated nature of these mind states, how they just appear. We didn't cause them to appear or want them to appear. They're just here. And when we sense into... The strength of when we feel the strength of our harmful compulsions, some of which we find ourselves acting on in life, and then we might be lucky enough to wake up in the middle of causing ourselves or others harm, in the middle of yelling at someone, in the middle of doing some action that's harmful, or afterwards. The strength of those compulsions, we just develop this real humility towards our minds, our conditioned minds, and compassion naturally arises. It's like, wow, I'm, uh, I'm subject to these forces of ignorance in my mind and body, and it hurts. We feel the pain, and it hurts. And when we allow ourselves to feel the pain, then compassion will naturally arise, because we all have it, this natural heart of care. We care about pain. We feel with beings in pain, don't we? Otherwise, why would we cry at movies? Why would we all be touched when Dave started crying last night? All of us, our hearts broke into compassion, right? Well, maybe not all of us, but mine sure did. It's like, oh, I feel with you. It's right there. And so it's the willingness to be, have the unguarded heart and feel the pain. And to see its conditioned nature and the strength of these forces in the mind. And so then it doesn't stop there. It's like it becomes quite clear, and especially as we have group interviews in in retreats and we hear from other people in life, that this is universal. This is human. It's not just me that is subject to these forces and conditions and compulsions that are so difficult to hold and not act on or act through us. Everyone else is also subject to. And so compassion for others very naturally, this is why compassion is limitless. It naturally applies, wisdom applies it to everyone without exception. They're all subject to this human stuff. And then this is especially helpful to recall those moments where it, that wisdom, that insight appears to us in our practice, like, I hurt, 
this hurts, these these compulsions, and other people are subject to it too, and oh my gosh, it's so hard to be present with my need to drink, or whatever, which was what I was practicing with for years, <clears throat> with, my, with this need to judge or criticize. So hard to be present with that. So then it helps us develop understanding and compassion for people who don't have the amazing benefit of a mind training practice like we do. You know, the Buddha said, people don't know any other way of dealing with pain than to go chasing after pleasure. They don't understand the danger and that there's an escape to that rut. Some, and sometimes the pleasure, when he talks about that, it's like when you're angry, the craving is to relieve yourself of this burden. So you blame someone. That's like the easiest way in the way that we're conditioned to, to, to deal with process anger. Blame you. Now I feel better. That's what the Buddha's talking about. And people without any kind of self-awareness, any kind of practice where they are able to endure these forces in the body and mind, they're just being tossed about by them. And we know what that feels like having felt it, having felt it with awareness, that's what, they're, that's what they're up against. And so this is where, how we find our way very naturally, how compassion leads, you know, leads us to understanding the people who commit violence and so on are under the compulsion of these forces, which we know very well, and who knows what we might be doing if we didn't have certain conditions that allow us to hold them and release them, to know them, to understand them, to deconstruct them, to depersonalize them, and release them. Other people don't have that. The uninstructed worldlings, as the Buddha called them. But do you know what I mean? So it's like, these are reframes, right? Recollecting that this is, people are, are subject to these forces in their minds, just like us. Okay. So we'll do some practices this morning, which whatever happens, happens. Practice with it. Whatever's arising. You can trust that there will be learning that will inevitably lead you to the revelation of the heart of compassion. Yes, so shake it out, change your posture, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. finding a posture that will support some uh, alertness without, without tension as best you can. See if you can find, uh, you know, 
move about a little bit, you know, possibly move your spine, your neck, your head until you settle into a posture that is comfortable for the moment. It feels stable. That allows you to just easily and with ease be aware. Settle back into your natural awareness. Knowing what's happening, when it's happening. So what are you aware of right now? Maybe starting by letting your attention range throughout the various objects that you've been practicing with these few days. Seeing what's going on in the sense spheres, each of the physical senses. Noticing where your body is still and in movement, breathing. And take a moment to find some aspect of your sense experience that is pleasant that feels good to be with and settle in with that for a moment or two just take in the goodness of that the pleasant sensations of whatever they might be and the pleasant sounds. Or the ease of just resting in awareness. Maybe if your attention is feeling restless this morning, you might want to find a few different places that feel good, a few different senses and experiences. And enjoy the bounty of riches available to you this morning in the taking in the good practice.
So take note of one or more of these places of comfort and ease. And know that as we move through the rest of this practice period, should you ever feel like you need a little more stability or balance, that you can come back to, let's call it the happy place, (laughs) the easeful place, and settle in there before coming back to the guided practice. And so from whatever uh, place of stability and ease you have right now, which is good enough, however it is, Now see if you can find a place in your body that feels some discomfort. (laughs) Probably won't be hard. Noticing the sensations. Just taking a moment to see if we can sink down underneath the label of pain or discomfort and find, explore the actual sensations in our bodies. What is this pain made of? Moment by moment. your attention will very likely drift, possibly start thinking thoughts because we don't like to be with painful sensations, right? It's agitating. So you could just see that as part of the character of pain and how the mind responds to pain. So there's these sensations and maybe you can also catch glimpses of how the mind feels about this discomfort. So recognizing that this is painful in your body and, and in your mind, it's unpleasant, it's difficult. Allowing that that is true. Instead of just going with the tendency of the mind to turn away or be aversive, we're going to be here and say, yes, this is painful. 
allow it, recognize it. And then the next step is to remind ourselves that this is human. That this arises from certain causes and conditions. That this is not my fault. It's just part of being embodied part of the deal, the human deal, we feel pain. And it belongs, because this is part of our design. It's not pleasant, but it belongs. And then the third step is to allow ourselves to care. When we allow ourselves to recognize and feel our pain, when we release taking it personally, or buying into the aversion, this doesn't belong here, this is not right, actually it's here. Then compassion cares. How might I care for this pain? And so I like to drop in that question, that suggestion, to turn the mind toward compassion. How might I care? May I care for this pain? and see what comes up. Maybe there will be the body, the wisdom of the body wanting to move a little or stretch. And so feel free to do that, to care for your pain, your bodily pain, with small adjustments of posture, knowing that it's compassion doing this, caring and wanting to relieve the pain. And as you do shift or move or stretch, notice what happens. Be mindful. Take in the good of any relief that you experience. You can repeat this process with this place of discomfort or move to a new one. These are the painful sensations. Yes, this is painful. This hurts. 
And it's okay, it's human. It's not my fault. It's no one's fault. It's not wrong or bad, it's just here. Based on the conditions of humanity, I'm embodied. How might I meet this pain, discomfort with care and compassion? And if it's not possible to relieve this discomfort right now, then how might I meet that with compassion and care? Compassion will act to relieve pain given the conditions. Sometimes it's not possible right now. Can I meet that reality with compassion and ease? Ease in the mind. Maybe there's some physical or mental relaxation I can do that helps to relieve some of the mental suffering around this pain in my body that won't really go away. And again, if it's too much for you to be attending to the discomfort, go back to places and senses where you feel comfort and ease and refresh yourself by paying attention to those fully as best you can. When and if you feel less agitated, come back to exploring your body, (coughs) discomfort in your body, and also any pain or discomfort in your mind that is frustrated with your body, that is scared about your body. Worried, angry, And it's possible to do this same process with the mental pain. Recognizing it's here, 
understanding that it is natural and human and part of our design to feel mental pain. That this too belongs, even if it's unpleasant. And asking if it's possible to meet this with compassion. How can I care for this mental pain? This difficult emotion. Or bad mood, or whatever. This aversion, this greed, hatred, judgment. How might I care? May I care for this pain? One of the ways I care for my mental pain is to forgive. To say, it's not my fault. I forgive my body and mind for bringing this up right now. I forgive my sensitivity. So I soften around it. And let it move and see it move. And feel it move. flowing through me, going out my head, out my feet, out my skin. How might I care for this pain? Knowing that it is human. How might I meet it with compassion?
And so you could spend the rest of the period practicing in this way with your body pain and any mental pain. You can refresh yourself by shifting attention to the pleasant, the comfortable. And you could also experiment with allowing something to come to mind that has been troubling you. In just the last sit or walk or breakfast or maybe has been a repeated theme or motif through the, the retreat. Some situation that is unresolved that is causing you pain. I'm noticing what happens as you bring this situation to mind. What arises in your body and mind. Recognizing what's happening. Recognizing the pain. Understanding it as human. You're not alone in this. There are billions of people who are having difficulty right now. who are troubled, who are having difficult emotions. This is not your fault. And so how might you meet this with compassion? How can I care for this pain? of the situation that has caused the pain. If it's an external condition, a person or situation, how is it possible to feel compassion towards them or that? Understanding what you do about how harmful speech and action come to be. May I meet this with compassion and then see what happens. How might I care for this pain? 
when compassion is present, sometimes the impulse is to forgive, so I'm going to end with some forgiveness phrases that have been helpful for me. For the pain that I have caused myself, I forgive myself. Compassion forgives myself. This is how I care for my pain. For the pain and harm I've caused myself and others, I forgive myself. No matter what uh, conditions or compulsions, understanding the difficulty of working with those compulsions. I forgive myself. For any harm others have caused me, I forgive them. Or I forgive you if it's someone specific. Drop these in and we see what happens. For all the ways you've harmed me knowingly and unknowingly, whether from compulsion, force of habit, from ignorance, I forgive you. And if I find it impossible to forgive now, I can't find my way there. If I can't forgive now, I leave open the possibility of forgiveness in the future. May I meet my life with compassion. May I care for my pain. And may this compassion extend outward in all directions without limit. May my heart Touch all hearts everywhere. And taking a last moment to find whatever place of ease to take in any goodness in this moment through any of your senses. 
May all beings discover their heart of compassion. May all beings be free of the blocks to compassion. May all beings be happy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.